get together, we're going to do something just a little bit different. Uh, there is a spiritual discipline that I think is great uh, for, uh, for Bible study. Uh, I think it's going to be great as we look at this passage. Uh, Dan talked a little bit about uh, the first half of kind of that worry passage. Uh, and we're going to talk about that second half of that passage that really kind of deals about worry. And we're going to do it a little different using one of the spiritual disciplines that you could actually use on an individual basis. And it's called Lectio Divina or Divine Word. And that's a moment where we just, uh, it'll, here's what it'll look like uh, today. It looks a little different in, the, uh, in a corporate setting. Um, but I would encourage you, if you have any um, technological capabilities, I'd encourage you to uh, get online. Uh, I'd encourage you to Google Lectio Divina, L-E-C-T-I-O, D-I-V-I-N-A. And there's some great resources out there for how to do this on a personal level. But here's what it's going to look like today. So uh, I, we are going to talk about the passage just in a general teaching sense near the end. Uh, but we're going to spend some time uh, just kind of going through and drawing from the passage what it is that we can draw. We'll start with a word of prayer here in just a second. Uh, and that word of prayer uh, will then be followed by uh, a reading of the passage. And here's what I'm going to ask. And I know it's going to be difficult because we're so used to doing it a little differently. But here's what I'm going to ask today. Today, when we get, read the passage, I'm going to ask that you just close your eyes and let the person reading the passage read the passage. And you just focus on the passage. Don't worry about reading it. Don't worry about trying to find it in your Bible. You just focus on hearing uh, the passage and letting the passage move your heart. After we read, so it's going to be prayer, reading, after we read, we're going to take about a minute, literally 30 seconds of silent meditation. We're just going to be silent and say, Lord, speak to me through this passage. What what are those things that are jumping into my heart from this passage? We're going to discuss that probably at table settings. It's the easiest way to do it. And then as a class, I kind of want to hear what came of it. And then we're going to pray. Does everyone, it would be easier to follow if I had something to write on, but it's going to be pray, read, meditate, discuss at tables, discuss briefly in, a, in the class setting, and then pray. The first prayer is really God open our eyes so that we can see what you want us to see. The last prayer is more about God having seen what you want us to see, teach us how to put it into practice. And we're, we're going to do that at least twice. My hope is that we have enough time to do it three times. And then, like I said, I'm going to share a few things that I'd like to share just kind of on how the passage uh, ministered to me. Because here's the truth. Can I, can I tell you the truth? Uh, this passage is special to me because guess what? I am a high anxiety person. I am. I, I get very anxious. I get very worried. Um, and that's been that's been my um, that's just been the way I do things historically all of my life. I was high anxiety when I was in um, high school, uh, and I part of that that stress gave me migraines for years. I had migraines because of the stress. Um, I've, there's there was a period in my life where I suffered through 
uh, panic attacks almost on a daily basis. If you've never had a panic attack, you literally feel like you are dying. And I felt like I was dying almost every evening. Um, and it would just, it, it would send me into a spiral. I fought through that for about a year. And uh, I've, I've said this before, and I really do believe, I think if I did not have Christ in my life, that I would literally be at the pavilion. Because there are moments where I allow this anxiety and worry to overtake my life. And maybe you aren't at that place or to that degree, but we all have anxiety and worry. And sometimes we let it master us. And this passage is great because it helps us understand on how not to let that anxiety and worry master us. One of my big things, one of the biggest things I worry about is, like, for a long time, particularly, I was a hypochondriac. Like, I had, if you told me that you just got diagnosed with liver cancer uh, and uh, these were the symptoms, I would be pretty sure that I would have liver cancer, too. That, that would just kind of be, I remember once watching this, uh, 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 it was some kind of show, and it said, are you suffering from this and this and this? Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh. And they're like, stay tuned as we talk about what that could be. I was like, I can't, I can't change the channel. So I stayed glued to the channel. And I found, found out it was uh, symptoms for some ovarian disease. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Who had me worried there? Had me scared for just, yeah, for, had me scared for just a minute. So, <clears throat> but that's just, that's, that's my nature. And so this passage particularly, kind of ministers to my heart and says, don't worry. And here are the reasons why we don't worry. So let's look at it. Like I said, we're going to pray real quick. And then I'm going to ask, well, who's willing to read it? Someone willing to read it this very first time? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give you the passage, did I? Uh, We are looking at Matthew, Matthew chapter six, verse 31, uh, all the way to the end. Um, Matthew six. Yes, it is 631. Uh, All right, so who can read that for me? 631 to the end. All right, Ms. Shani, so what we're going to do again is we're going to pray real quick, and then we are going to uh, read. Uh, So right after the prayer, Ms. Shani, go ahead and read, and then we're going to spend about a minute meditating. Lord, we come before you, and our prayer is that you would open our eyes to the truth of your word. And that it would minister to our hearts. Help us to see what you have in your word for us today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay. So right there where you are at your tables, here's what I want you to discuss for probably about four or five minutes. What did this passage make you think? What did it make you feel? What ideas, thoughts, words phrases jumped out to you. Great. We want a lot of things that we really don't need. And uh, here's, my, here's my take on that. We, we do want so many things that we don't need. And ultimately, God knows what we what? Need. need. And sometimes we don't have it because we don't need it. God know, I want a fishing boat. I don't need a fishing boat. Because maybe if I had a fishing boat, God knows I'd spend my Sunday mornings fishing instead of in his house. 
So that's a very great idea, very central, that ultimately God knows what you need. And when we pray to him, we pray, thy will be done. Because guess what? In the end, it isn't about me anyway. It's about the one who knows the bigger picture. I like that idea. I, I heard something over here. There's some pride in there. Tell me about that. Ah. I love that idea. That's something I had not seen. There's some pride in there because we're so worried about what we wear and what other people think about what we wear. You know what? Don't worry about that because God's not focused on that anyway. He's going to provide for everyone. That's a great, I love that. I saw a, a hand here, and then I saw a hand over here. Our priorities shift and change as, as we age. Did I see a hand over here somewhere? There you go. I love We're that. Unique yeah. And I think there's two things in that. Uh, Shanine points out that we are not unique in our worries, because the things we worry about, the Gentiles also worry about. And so it, it isn't something that's just unique to us. But I think part of that also is the idea that sometimes we don't have a kingdom mind because we're thinking in the same way as the Gentiles. I think, And, and we are. We're, 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 we're worrying about things that everybody worries about when we have a God who can take care of it all. Anybody else? I love that. Those aren't options. So those are commands. He, he's not saying, I hope that you don't do this. He's saying, do not worry. And it's sinful when he gives a command to not follow it. And the other one was seek first. Again, not an option. If you have time, when it's convenient, it's that idea of seek first. Great. So let's pray real quick. Lord, we come before you. We're thankful again that you can begin to minister to our hearts. And so what we want to do is we want to put into practice some of those things that we've talked about. Lord, begin to uh, remove our pride. Begin to give us a kingdom mind and not the mind just of the Gentiles, but rather kingdom focus. Help us follow your command to not worry and to seek first the kingdom. Lord, as we do this again, Bring new insights as we read. Bring fresh revelation of who you are and what you desire out of our lives as we read. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Does someone who has a version different than the ESV want to take a moment to read? Go ahead, Alan. What version do you have? And then we're reading Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Great. So as we've heard that, let's take a few moments just to meditate on what he speaks. Amen. So meditation is one of those things that I think we don't do enough. I think it's one of those disciplines that we just, we rush from one thing to another. And sometimes as we meditate, and I know we're only doing that for a minute, if you can begin to do that for several minutes a day, just kind of sit in the quietness and think about what God speaks, kind of really chew on whatever it is he's laying on your heart. So again, at your tables, what are some new ideas that pop up about what God wants you to do? How is God speaking to you personally about putting this particular passage into application? So we're going to, we're going to, all right. So let's begin to bring it back together for just a moment. So what are some of the insights that jumped out at you this time? What are some of the things that God spoke to your heart this time? And here's what, 
Here's what, as, as you think of that, before we even answer, I want us to know that each time we really get into the Scriptures and prayerfully seek out the Scriptures, God is going to reveal Himself. You can, some of you have read the Bible many, many times over, and I bet that you always find something fresh and something new. And so, um, as you, typically, I'd like to have read through the passage three times. Time just isn't going to allow us to do that. But there's always something fresh and new, some new little kind of way that God says, Hey, Orlando, here's a great way for you to, uh, for you to apply this. And we're going to kind of talk about some of those things that I pulled out uh, as, as uh, I read here just in just a few minutes. Some of the insights you gained uh, from this, that's very good. I've been anxious about a lot of things, and my anxiety hasn't changed anything. I love that. My anxiety isn't going to change anything, but my prayers can. I love that. I love that insight. Great. Somebody else. I love that, relying on God's proven faithfulness, because when we look back at the entirety of our lives, ultimately we see that God has been in control and God has proved himself faithful. That's what David did when he was going to face uh, Goliath. Um, He's like, you know what, I faced a lion and I faced a bear. Man, this giant, he's got nothing because I can look back at my life and I can see the faithfulness of God. And I love that. And so that, that, that tells my anxiety. You really don't have any place because I know in the end, everything's going to be okay. And if it's not okay, it's not the end because God is going to be faithful. Great, great. I love that. Somebody else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I like that. It's easy to trust God with the big things uh, because I can't do anything about the big things. It's hard to trust Him with the little things because I feel like, oh, I can take care of this one. Uh, And sometimes those little things become big things. And the truth is God loves us enough to take care of the big things and the little things. You know, and um, there's, uh, I believe it is in the book of Song of Solomon that talks about taking care of the foxes that ruin the vineyard. Those little foxes. And sometimes that's what it is. Oh, that's just a little fox, God. I, I can catch him. I got him. No problem. When uh, that little fox chasing after him, and then there's another little fox, and then I'm exhausted chasing foxes. God says, don't, don't, don't let that happen to you. I can take care of it all. I, lo- I like that. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. We, we do have to practice some discernment, and that's definitely one of the things that I'd like to touch, touch on here in just a second. I think discernment is ultimately vital. As a matter of fact, let's do that. Just for the sake of time, let's transition into some of the things that I, that I, that I pulled out. Uh, so this, this is that first idea of discernment. <clears throat> and here's what ultimately I think we need to discern. I think that there are things that are important, and I think that there are things that are urgent. And everything that's important isn't always urgent. And everything that's urgent isn't always important. And so he says, don't worry with yourself about what you're going to wear, about what you're going to eat. God knows you have all of that. And to us, those things are important. Or rather, those things are urgent. When I talk about something that's urgent, I talk about something that needs to get taken care of. Right now, God, I'm worried right right now about what I'm going to eat. 
God, I'm worried right now about what I'm going to wear. God, I'm worried right now about this thing or that thing or the other thing. And God says, you know what? You're worried right now about it, but ultimately, it's not really important. Because what are the things that are important? Focusing on Him. And ultimately, that's important because what's important is not those things that are temporary. It's those things that are eternal. And so he says, you know what? Don't worry about the, 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 the unimportant temporal things of this world. Focus on me. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's great. That's great. And here's, here's, here's because when we, there, there is um, an article I read that was put out by um, navigators in their, um, I think it's their 2-7 series. I can't remember. It's, it's a discipleship series. And one of the articles in this little discipleship books, this discipleship books, talk, talks about the tyranny of the urgent. And we end up getting enslaved by those things that are urgent, but not important. Because sometimes those important things we can put off till later because we don't have to do them right now. For example, prayer. Is prayer urgent or important? It's typically important. Sometimes it's urgent. I know, I know. But typically, just on a day-to-day basis, it's an important thing. But it's something that we can put off till later. And God's saying, no, 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 no. The reason you worry is because you're focusing on the urgent. And you've lost focus of the important. And those, those urgent things end up enslaving us. And so I love this idea that's put forth in the book of Galatians. <clears throat> Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. God set us free, and we want to submit to the yoke of slavery, to the yoke of the s- slavery to those things that are urgent that need to be taken care of right now. Um, uh, here's one more. Uh, here's one more. Uh, let's see if uh, Romans six. What's Romans six sixteen say? I forgot to put what it says in my notes. Oh, again, this idea. Do you not know if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of your sins, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. When you submit yourself to obey the tyranny of the urgent, you're a slave to that, and ultimately it can lead to death. So that's, that's idea number one. Uh, idea number two, uh, ultimately, uh, this passage talked to me about uh, testifying to others the place that God has in my life. Because it says what? Seek first. That, that, that seek first seems to be a, a, uh, a priority. And sometimes I don't make God the priority he is and that ultimately is detrimental to my relationship with God you know why because God is a jealous God 
And I found this interesting. As a matter of fact, we're going to re- let, let's just read it out of the book of uh, if, uh, Exodus, Exodus 34. What? Orlando's going to the Old Testament? Yeah, we're going to go to the Old Testament. Exodus 34. This is, uh, I thought this was quite interesting. Exodus 34. And it says this, For you shall worship no other god for the Lord, whose name is what? Jealous is a jealous God. Not only is he a jealous God, his name is jealous. Does that sound kind of contradictory to you? God being jealous? Well, it's this idea that he ultimately knows what's best for us. And he wants all of our attention. And in our passage, we can see, we divide our attention into so many different places. And sometimes, let's be honest, what we're going to wear for the day gets more attention than God himself. Because I know it's happened to me. I get so caught up. It's happened to me on a Sunday morning. I get, I, I get totally dressed and I look in the mirror and I think, no, not going to work. Something's wrong. Dina, what's wrong? Well, your shirt doesn't match your pants. Oh, okay, I'm change my shirt. Mm, nope, don't like that. How many of you have ever changed two or three times on a Sunday morning? Let's be honest with you. Okay, it's a bunch of women and me, right? So whatever, <laughs> whatever, right? And it, sometimes it's as, it's as simple as, I, 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 I love bow ties. I love bow ties. Bow ties are my favorite. And I particularly love bow ties that I have to tie myself. And I'll tie my bow tie. And then sometimes I'll not be happy with the knot. And so I'll untie my bow tie. And then I'll tie it again. Be like, hmm, a little crooked. Untie it. Tie it again. And I, sometimes I tie my bow tie and untie my bow tie so much that I end up running late. And I'm running to church and I realize, guess what? I was so focused on my bow tie that I haven't really had a chance to prepare my heart to meet the Lord in service. Again, the tyranny of the urgent. And I have to ask myself, Orlando, ultimately what's more important? What takes priority? Does God have to be jealous about your bow tie. So this morning I didn't wear a bow tie. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. That everyone's going to say, this side of the bow tie is much shorter than this side of the bow tie. And guess what? Who cares? Because that's not eternal. That's not even important. You see? You see? It, oh, man. Why you got to tell me that? She says, that's pride. So yeah, yeah, it is pride. It is pride. Uh, but it's that idea of what really is the priority in my, in, my, in my life right now. And sometimes God has to work on our heart to remind us that he is priority. And so there's this one last idea that I want to share. Um, it is this idea. We talked, I talked about it with one of the tables in the back. It's this idea of what is the remedy to worry? If I were to ask you what the remedy to worry is, what would you say? Prayer. I hear trust. I hear faith. Say that. Just don't do it. I love that. I love that. 
And I think being still, I love all of these things, and I think they all point to the same thing. I think the remedy to worry is seeking God first. Count your blessings, definitely. I think sometimes what we do, we do it backwards. We worry first. And then out of our worry, we seek God. In a panic. We've already let it overwhelm us. We've already let the idea overcome us. And then we pray. And I think what that passage reminds me of is that when I do that, I get it backwards. I'm not remedying the worry because I'm still allowing the worry in my life. I'm still giving worry a place. And the remedy is instead of worrying first and then seeking God, The remedy is, seek first the kingdom of God. And when I have that right perspective, guess what? I don't need to worry. Because ultimately, like Gary said a minute ago, that worry does nothing. Luke chapter 12, verse 25. And which of you, by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan. You can't. Doesn't do you any good. Worrying didn't accomplish anything except stress on your heart, making you lose focus of those things that are ultimately eternal. One last scripture. Uh, 1239. Here's my heart. And here's what I want to leave you with. I'm sorry, I've gone, I've gone over as it is. Here's what I want to leave you with. I have the option of where I take my heart. I know it's a phone. My phone isn't really my heart, but you know what I'm saying. I have the option of taking my heart and choosing where I set it. And I can set it on things that are temporal and maybe important that will bring me grief and worry. Or I can take my heart and set it in the hands of God and say, I'm seeking you first. I'm going to trust you to take care of everything else. And that brings peace and comfort. I think that's what we need to do. Lord, thank you so much for the peace and comfort that you bring to our hearts. We give you thanks and praise for ministering to us and reminding us that we do not have to be a worrying people. We can be a peaceful people because God is at work. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.